Welcome to episode 185. This is Sajid and today I'm going over the news, uh, digital marketing news and updates from the week of October 30th through November 3, 2023. First up, uh, we have an announcement. Well, we always do, right? Uh, so Google has announced after seven years that it has completed uh, its mobile first indexing. Okay, so let me break it up, uh, break it down for you a little bit uh, what it is. It's a significant update. What this basically means is that Google now primarily uses mobile version of content for indexing and rec ranking across all websites. This was launched back in 2016. So yes, it's been seven years. Uh, back then, Google recognized that half of the world uses mobile. Uh, and by 2018, um, you know, Google said, you know what, uh, we need to... Um, uh, by 2018, Google's, half of the Google search results were indexed this way. So fast forward today, it's Google officially declared that this process is complete. Uh, what does this mean, mean for you? It means simple. If your website isn't optimized for mobile, it means you are not speaking the same language as Google search engine and potentially missing out on valuable traffic. For the few sites that still don't work on mobile devices, Google will continue to use its legacy desktop crawler, but this is a temporary measure. The message is clear. Mobile optimization is no longer optional. It is essential. As a business owner, this update is a call to action. Ensure your website is mobile friendly with responsive design and content that shines on smaller screens. This isn't just about staying in Google's good graces. It's about providing your customers with the best experience no matter how they find you. Okay. Uh, the other thing is, it's a reminder that the ever-evolving nature of the web and the importance of keeping pace with these changes, uh, you know, other than that, I would say don't le let your website get left behind in the desktop era, embrace mobile optimization, and open the door to a world of opportunities. Okay, next up, Google has launched a November 23 core update. This was, you're going to say, hey, didn't we just finish one core update in October? That is correct. Uh, just two weeks after that, October 23rd, uh, October 23 core update finished. The November 23 core update has launched. Uh, again, this is, a this is targeting another different part of the al uh, algorithm. Uh, and you know, obviously, Google is not going to say what they're doing, uh, but I just wanted you to know that it's doing. It's Google is rolling out, so you may see some drops in your ranking, in your traffic. Uh, this is very important for you to keep an eye on your Google Search Console. Next up, uh, the question that came up, and Google's Danny Sullivan responded to or wrote uh, in length about small businesses, uh, was that can small businesses win in the ever-evolving ever search landscape? And what he's saying is Danny is obviously like, you know, his Google search liaison. He has 25 years of in the search space, and he's saying, you know what? It's not about small or big players. It comes down to two things uh, that, you know, Google's goal is to reward great content regardless of the site size. They're committed to the success of the open web ecosystem where quality content leads to satisfaction all around for searchers, content creators, and the search engines themselves. Now, having seen some of the, you know, developments from the Google's antitrust uh, lawsuit, sometimes we feel like, you know, what Danny is saying does not really line very closely with the executives at Google. Nevertheless, I will take Danny's word for it versus another self-proclaimed uh, SEO 
uh, I guess, uh, I guess influencer or in SEO guru uh, because you know I still have to if I have to take both their words at value, I would say you know Danny is still a spokesperson for Google. Yeah, I'll just take him you know for lack of other evidence. Anyway. So what, this is all it comes down to, you know, uh, what he's saying, don't get caught up in an expert's arms race or create content solely with Google's algorithm in mind. Instead, focus on what benefits your readers. Author bios, for instance, should be crafted for your audience, not for search engine optimization. Quality content that serves your readers' expectations align naturally with Google's ranking principle. Uh, he emphasizes that there is no checklist for success. Instead, he points to the guideline to guidelines that help assess if content is genuinely people first, such as providing original information and analysis. If your content consistently delivers value and leaves visitors thinking, wow, that was great. I learned something that was helpful. You are on the right track. Okay. Remember, it's not about being labeled as an expert or having the perfect about page. It's about creating content that resonates and serves your audience. As a business owner, focusing on delivering great content is your key to thriving in the search landscape. Okay. And if you want more insights on help creating helpful content, no, I'm not linking to our website. I'm linking uh, to Google's uh, creating helpful content uh, documentation. It's So you can find that link in our show notes page or you could actually go and just Google it and you will find it. Either or, uh, there's nothing we can uh, uh, provide. I can We can provide some guidance, which is exactly what we're sharing here, other than that there's nothing outside of it. Okay. Now, having talking about helpful content, let's talk about something else called keyword stuffing because this is a big topic in the SEO world. Again, Danny Sullivan, uh, you know, shared uh, his thoughts on this. And by the way, these were all threads on uh, Twitter or X. Uh, X is the platform name now, but previously it used to be called Twitter. So if you really want to see what he's wrote verbatim, then go ahead and check out the show notes and you will find the link and you can click on it and go to jump into the what he's said. But anyway, coming back to keyword stuffing is, it's keyword stuffing is not all about stuffing a word multiple times and then it's kind of penalized. Instead, what Danny is saying, look, keyword stuffing happens in many different shapes and forms, but it's about the context and the quality of your writing, right? So you could, and what they do, what Danny is saying is that they're going to take a look at the content and they're going to say, does this really matter? Does this really make sense? Does this... Uh, repeating like, like again one example he says unlimited app store credits if you keep on repeating unlimited app store credits and that sounds unnatural then obviously google is going to think you are um you are trying to stuff keywords like one is the old ways is like you know put unlimited app store credits like you know 5000 times uh, right after each other that's one which is obviously big no no the other one is like you know writing unlimited app store credits in every other sentence or every sentence and that's also unnatural but at the same time danny cautions like look there could be a good case where you could say you know what uh, you need to have unlimited app store credit multiple times and that is fair game uh so now if you're confused, hey, you say you don't do it, but you can do it. What is the rule of thumb? I would say where this is all leading into is like, you know, you could run it through uh, something like Grammarly. This is my personal opinion. This is not what Danny is saying. But just say, you know, how many times does this word app store create comes up, you know, and see if the system can understand it or not. I mean, you know, Google gets it. Like if you tell me, you know, hey, there we have this thing called ChatGPT and ChatGPT is smart enough that way it can rewrite articles. So I'm sure Google has things that are 
if not 100% as smart as uh, intelligent as ChatGPT, it's probably 60% smart, and so it can figure it out, right? So again, stuffing keyword, be very cautious and just stuff, do not try to stuff it, just let it be, create quality content, okay? Okay, uh, last update from, or actually second to last update from Danny Sullivan. It seems like Danny was on a roll. And by the way, today's update is all around Google. So anyway, uh, what Danny is saying is about write for your readers, not for your Google, right? Stop thinking what should I do, what should I do for Google or what should I write for Google? Instead, focus on what your readers need and want. This shift in perspective is not just refreshing. It's crucial for creating content that resonates with your audience and ironically performs well on Google too. Okay, I don't want to go any further on this because I've, I've kind of, you know, the last two updates kind of covered all everything that had to be done with this is like you, you need to really, really create helpful contents. That's all. The next update is do you keep old content or do you kill them? right? Uh, what do you do with old content? And what Danny is saying here is that, look, just, cause, because, just because a content is old does not mean it needs to be refreshed, it needs to be deleted, or it needs to be updated. Sometimes there are evergreen content that is equally relevant today as it was like 6, 12, or 18 months ago, maybe 5 years ago, and that's totally game. However, if it's content that's outdated, then obviously you need to update it, but before you start jumping into an attacking content saying, oh, this is old content, doesn't rank anymore. And I think this is some his response to, I believe, CNET, who were deleting, I think last month only, who was de who deleted like all a bunch of like, I think thousands of old documents saying, oh, this doesn't um, rank anymore. We are going to delete it. It doesn't help us anymore. We just, you know, we are getting... Uh, penalized because, you know, of all these old content, things like that. There was a big hula, and I'm pretty sure I covered this in our show, but if not, I apologize because I should have, but I'm quite sure I have. Anyway, where I'm going with this is like, so Danny is saying, look, just take a look at it, do an inventory, do a make sure that does this content, if it's an evergreen content, you're fine. You don't, just because it's old does not necessarily mean that it's gonna lost, it's lost its value. Uh, but if it is, then go ahead and update it. If not, just move on. Okay. From Danny's advice to, oh, well, the last thing is about, uh, there is another notion going on is like, you know, if you have schema or structured data markup, then you get a leg up in search results because you get better rankings. And Danny Sullivan says, no, that's a misconception. Schema does not radically improve your site's ranking. Schema markup is a code that puts your that you put on your website to help search engines return more informative results for users. While it's true that schema can enhance the way your page appears in search results, potentially increasing click-through rates, it's important to understand that it does not give your page a ranking boost. Uh, Sullivan emphasizes, using schema doesn't give you a ranking boost. It can help you be eligible for certain displays or enhancement, but it does not somehow boost you to the top of the results. That is true, however, I will say, you know, and the next update actually fits very well with what is happening with video structured data uh, is that, you know, I feel like, you know, the structured data contains schema. The schema has a lot of information, like when the article was published, when was it was last updated, who it was written by, things like that that are helpful. So having a schema itself will not give you rank higher, but it gives you a, it gives your page a lot of meaning to the search engine. Then the search engine can decide, is it really worthy of, you know, indexing and ranking, right? So it's not a sure, sure, direct way. My understanding and my two cents over here is that it's going to help you get those things because otherwise, you know, 
you're just basically putting it into bite size for the search engine to say, you know, here's what it is. My page is all about this information. Here's the information I have, things like that, especially for recipes, okay? So coming back to the update is like uh, Google has updated the video, uh, you know, structured data guidelines. And all they're saying is now from now on, the published date and the expired date uh, will should also have time. Uh, you, you, previously, it used to be just have the date. Now Google is saying, you know what, public put your you should also send up exact time the video was published and also you should provide a time zone if not google is gonna arbitrarily choose the google bots time zone which defaults to california again that will probably give you some i mean it's not the end of the world but it's just something you want to be precise if you're playing with structured data now Having said that, um, you know, this is one great example where, you know, structured data will say, you know, when was your video published and when it expires, where, you know, you could say your video is no longer useful after this date, right? which I doubt anyone would do that, but people would sometimes may do that. Uh, so then Google would kind of, Google bot will see that this and say, you know what, if it expires on this date and anything after that is going to discard it. So again, this is where I think the uh, structured data helps. It does not directly help you to be rank, but it does help you somewhat indirectly. Okay, next up is Google's uh, September 2018 top money-making search queries revealed. And if you want to really see the list of 20 top ranking, then definitely check out the show notes page. But what I'm, what comes out of this is like, this came out of the antitrust lawsuit and the Justice Department uh, showed to the court, like, you know, the top uh, money-making searches for Google for the week of September 2018, right after iPhone releases uh, released, and obviously the top I keywords were iPhone auto insurance cheap flights. Now you could suggest why the hell are you sharing this on this uh, show? Well, for one particular reason, which is you know it just shows how much money Google is making from all these broad terms. Like you know, usually we searchers like to say, you know, you want to ha go after keywords that have commercial intent, like the word iPhone or auto insurance or cheap flights. Uh, like it could mean anything. Again, depending on who it is, and again, if uh, Apple or AT and T or T Mobile is companying their billions of dollars, they can go, you know, afford to spend money and waste money on the word iPhone. But, you know, again, it, they mess up the system for the rest of us. Uh, again, I do not know what it is, but all I want to say, share, and the reason I'm sharing is like, you know, uh, how broad keyword or, you know, vague keywords can make a lot of money for Google and where you could say it's just a $30 click, it's a lot of money for Google on the other end. That's all. Okay, the last update for this week is Google has an official click tracker policy. And if you are using a click tracker that is not certified by Google, then your ads may get disapproved. And I would say it will get disapproved. This policy will fully be will be fully enforced over the next 12 to 18 months with the timing depending on factors like advertisers' history and account activity. So what is a click tracker tool? A click tracker tool, there are plenty of it. I shall not take names because that you may think I'm endorsing one over the other because I have not used all of them. There's quite a quite a few of them. The link to a Google's approved list is in the show notes. A click tracker basically uh, tracks your click in Google Ads system. So what happens is instead of saying when you run an ad, you say instead of having that uh, ad, when people see the ad and clicking directly on your link, a click tracker gives you a, you know, uh, how do I say, uh, transition link like a bridge bridge link where you click on it they track that link 
and then they reroute it to the landing page of your website. And the benefit of this and why people use it is like, and if there is a click fraud, then they basically, uh, one, they ban that IP from where the click fraud is happening uh, and they do it programmatically in Google Ads. And the other thing is they help, they give you data uh, that you can submit to Google that Google will then uh, uh, give you credit for. Again, that's just a long-winded way of uh, getting asking for refunds from Google, but you could actually then establish patterns saying, saying, hey, Google, we got 20 clicks from the same IP on the same day. We got charged for it. Now help us give us our money back. Right, uh, you could do that. Uh, and some cases you will be successful. Uh, but what Google is saying now is that if you're using a click tracker that tracks all this click, uh, obviously it needs to be certified by Google. And if, you, if you're using a homegrown solution, then you have to get uh, certified by Google. Again, the, the link to get a certification is in the show notes page. So go ahead and check that out if you're interested in it. But if for some reason this is the first time you're hearing about click tracker, that means you this is something you're not using it. Uh, you don't have to worry about it okay uh, with that folks that's it for this week in marketing uh, this is your sajid signing off until next week take care bye bye